and I'm really glad to be uh, back here in Singapore with you after two uh, Sundays away. Um, really glad to be back in the house of the Lord and worshiping God with you. And what a great uh, music! If you have not been uh, worship, uh, you you've been uh, I've been away and a few churches and a few worships, uh, but I think. Uh, the praise and the worship here is a wonderful. Uh, so we want to thank all the worship team. And let's give them a big hand, all the worship team. Right, right. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we had a very uh, interesting uh, uh, trip, me and my wife. Uh, so she accompanied me. Uh, we went for a wedding. And some of you probably uh, still uh, remember uh, our brothers, uh, Tommy and uh, Stephanie. Uh, she was married uh, two Sundays ago. So I was there to officiate the wedding. And then uh, me and my wife, we had this uh, opportunity to travel to some places. One of them is Batu. Uh, for the very first time, we, uh, we, we back to uh, a child because we went to this uh, upside-down house and took some pictures and, uh, and uh, just, just being a child again and then uh, enjoy all the upside-down things, you know, the toilet upside-down and the house upside-down, bed upside-down. So it was, it was great. Uh, we went to this place, uh, Batu, and we went to this up on the mountain. There's a resort there. And then uh, we went to this uh, restaurant, a cafe especially, and on the top of the mountain, see all the view. Uh, we went there, and then it's only open after 2 uh, p.m., so, but we were quite hungry, so we just ate at the uh, small restaurant down at the hotel there, resort there. And then as we ate, and then, you know, even though we were still full, we went up to the cafe and then, you know, order a big uh, meal. But it came very late, but we enjoyed all the view. Uh, then I had this uh, a few encounter, uh, interesting encounter, uh, in which that I met uh, a pastor, a pastor from a very big church, uh, a pastor that had to uh, make uh, a difficult decisions, anguished decisions, uh, because of the church and the family uh, were torn apart because of the uh, issue in the church or conflict in there. Uh, as he shared with me, I can, you know, felt the, the anguish and the pain in his heart uh, in, in regard to making a decision that is so difficult for him. Then I met an elderly uh, Christian who had experienced some great miracles in his life. Uh, his sons were uh, saved from a brink of death when uh, the son was uh, still a baby. And then he also has this uh, miracle recovery from a bad car accident. So he was coma for a few days, and then uh, the doctor said that he will not be able to uh, walk again. And he will, even if he wake up, he will not be able to gain his memory. But he uh, regained his memory, and then he uh, walked. Uh, the only thing is that uh, because his eyes popped out when the accident happened, so when they put it back, so now he has to uh, see people like, you know, he has to close his eyelid uh, in order to able to focus to see. So, uh, but uh, as he invited me for dinner, he shared about uh, the anguish and the pain and, and struggle with his uh, only adult son, uh, who this son doubted God. Uh, this son uh, did not, you know, have not been married, you know, even though he is uh, like 40 over years old. Uh, his son is very lazy, doesn't want to work, and, uh, and uh, very dishonoring to the father, always quarrel with the father, always quarrel with the uh, family. So as he shared, uh, he was hoping that uh, his son, that the next day will meet me, and then, you know, I can 
share, I can talk to him and all kind of things, but uh, his son did not show up the next day dinner. Uh, a wonderful Christians. And then I met a young lady uh, who has been living her life away from God, uh, but now who is, uh, who, who is very sick and stay alone in the hotel. Uh, and then filled with, with bitterness uh, towards others and, and God. And uh, after service, he asked me to pray for her, and then she has this uh, opportunity to share some of these, uh, her experience, her pain, and her disappointment towards man and God. And then um, uh, when I came back to Singapore, I, uh, a, day, uh, a day or two after I came back, then somebody called me on the phone and asked me whether I you know, can come to the hospital and, and pray for, for, for the father. Uh, I didn't know the persons, uh, and somebody gave her my number. So I went, and I uh, recognized and who the person was, uh, an elderly man from Indonesia who was very rich and very famous and very successful in life. Uh, so laying down on the ICU uh, in a private room, uh, unable to do anything hopelessly. So I just pray, and then... Uh, Dedicate him into the Lord, um, and then I went back to my home. But uh, all of these uh, interesting uh, encounters, I also have this uh, very, uh, you know, um, good and, and, and fun encounter in which that after dinner one night, uh, somebody, a young man, uh, insists. Uh, for me to go into his car and take me back to the hotel, uh, I came, you know, came to the restaurant with somebody else. Uh, but after dinner, you know, you have to come. You pass you seven. You have to, you know, I'll take you home. I'll take you to the hotel. So he, he insists. So I went with him, and everybody else went to the other cars, and I went with him. So we went to this uh, car park uh, at this basement and one of the uh, uh, mall. And then uh, I just realized that he parked at this very special uh, uh, space. And uh, specially reserved, I think, for him. Uh, it was a very nice car. It's a Porsche, uh, you know, Porsche. Is it Porsche? Porsche, whatever you call it. Uh, beautiful uh, sport car. You know, as I sat in there first time, I ride in the uh, this luxurious car. You know, sat in there. I said, "Man, my goodness, you're so young and you are so rich." And uh, he said, "Pastor, I used to be in your church in Singapore." I said, "Oh yeah, really?" And you know what? Uh, David, he used to stay with you. He said. <laughs> but anyway, later on we can talk about it. Uh, you know, he's very young and very rich, and you know, he, he, he shared a lot of things with me on how you know uh, his business was so blessed and so kind of thing. But the very interesting that uh, uh, things that probably that I like to mention to you once again is about the young lady. She has a very bad sickness. He, she was very sick. Uh, she stayed alone in the hotel. Um, I think her family, her parents, you know, has died, both of them. Uh, the sisters has probably, you know, uh, deserted her or she left them. So she stayed in the hotel and then she had all this pain and sickness and she has to, even to come out and go to church, she has to uh, take this um, steroid 
to keep her able to walk and to, to stand, to sit even. Um, so it was a very uh, painful experience and I sympathized with her. Yet she, she came, she came to church for, a, for the very first time after a long time. And I didn't know why she came to that church too. And I happened to be in that church and I preached in that church. And after service, she asked me to pray for her. So I uh, asked her to go to this uh, uh, pastor room. So she shared all her life experience. Uh, my wife was with me that, at that time there too. And then we tried to, you know, talk to her and comfort her and, and give her some idea um, about God, about the love of God. And the most intrigued things that I encountered with this lady was she said even though I live a life of sin but I never feel guilty I I don't feel that I owe God anything even though I live in sin she used to live with a man who is married to somebody else uh, she has quite a lot of money because she's been traveling all over the world and talking to some important people, even in the uh, church uh, context, uh, she mentioned one name, a very famous pastor in America. She said, I asked this pastor about this question. He couldn't even answer my question. He said, just love God and surrender your life to God. He said, what kind of answer was that? He said, well, I was uh, taken a bit back, but I guess, you know, at the same time, it comforted me because if this great pastor cannot answer her questions, so I'm a small pastor, cannot answer your questions, so it's fair, right? You know, you, you know it's not a burden to me, so it's no pressure there, right? So I just, okay. So uh, as she shared all her experience and then how she was abandoned by others, how she was abandoned by friends who used to be close with her and now she is sick, uh, money is, you know, demissing, and, and, and yet, she said, you know, I even asked God to just give me some time to meet up with my mother before she died. But God didn't answer my prayer. What kind of God is that? But yet, she sitting there asked me to, a pastor, pray for her. But one of the prayers that she wanted me to ask is, uh, pray for her, she said, Pastor, I live enough, I have enough, and I want you to pray for me that I'm ready to die. Well, if I'm a pastor, I will pray for people who get healed, who get, you know, I mean, to get delivered and get blessed. And I don't want to pray for people to die. Except when I was in ICU a couple nights ago. This man was quite, you know, already, almost 90 years old. Uh, and then the machine showed us some of the data is... It's dropping. It's not going to last very long. So the best that I can pray as a pastor is that, you know, God, I dedicate this man to you, that you give him peace, that he's raised in peace. All right, that's all I can pray for. But for a young lady to pray for her to die, it is not in my DNA. Like, I am not going to do that. So I want to figure out more about what's going on, what you want. So she continued to share all her bad experience, but she steadily clearly said, Pastor, I live in sin, but I don't feel guilty. Because God 
has its dark side. What? He said, if God did not create Lucifer, the Satan, then Adam and Eve would not fall into sin. If Adam and Adam did not fall into sin, then you know, I would not, in this state, I think it's so common that people tend to question God, His character, His nature, His attribute. Especially when people who ever known God, who have been taught by the Bible that God loved them so much, that in these circumstances, people will tend to question the love of God in their life because of the circumstances are unfavorable. Even in the book of Malachi, God declared to His people, listen to this, God said to His people, I always love you. But His people responded by saying, really? That's in the Bible. God said, I love you. And His people said, really? And they said, how have you loved us? Well, if you know and understand the context of the Malachi prophets, he was ministering to the people who were in exile or about to get up from the exile. So they were in the Babylons and their life was ruined, their business was ruined, their family was ruined, and they couldn't see any hope, any future in their lives. They were suffering in the foreign land. So when God, through his prophets, said, I have always loved you, they said, Really? How have you been loving us? Since we are in exile here, we are in the suffering, we are in pain, we are in the struggle. Have, how have you been loving us? Well, pain and suffering and sickness and trial in this world is real. They could draw us to question the love of God. So it is very important for us to understand that God's love towards us does not exclude us from pain and suffering in this world. Let me state it again. Pain and suffering and sickness and trial in this world is real, and they could draw us to, the, to questions the love of God in our life. However, it is so important for us to know and to understand that God's love does not exclude us from the pain and suffering in this world. A story was written or recorded in the Gospel of John chapter 11, I shared in the first service. It's about God or Jesus raised Lazarus from death. The Bible mentions or recorded to us that when Jesus received the news that Lazarus was sick, the Bible said that Jesus purposely stayed two more days at the place where he was. Lazarus was at Bethany with his sister, and he was very sick, and his sister sent message to Jesus, Jesus, the person that you love, Lazarus, my brother, our brother, is sick. Please come and heal him. 
And when Jesus heard that, the Bible said that Jesus purposely delayed for another two days, stay at the place where he was. And after two days, Jesus told his disciples, it is time to go back to Bethany at Judea. It was a risky business because the Bible said that the people there a couple of days before, they were trying to stone Jesus. They were trying to kill Jesus. They were enemies at the place where Lazarus lived. But after two days, by now, Lazarus has died. And Jesus called it, he has fallen asleep. And he was going to wake him up. There were many things going in the minds of the people in this context. The disciples were wondering if it was a foolish decision. Jesus, it is wise for you to go back there. People were trying to kill you. And Thomas said, okay, let's go die with him. Well, we, you know, Thomas and some of the disciples always are very emotional. When Jesus makes decisions, they couldn't understand. They, will, they get agitated and they get you know, emotional and said, okay, since you want to die, let's die together. Right? That's what Thomas responded. So Thomas was one of the disciples who was very, you know, cynicisms, and he said, let's go, let's do it, let's die with Jesus. And when Jesus arrived at Bethany, Martha went out to meet Jesus and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So Martha was saying, Jesus, you're too late. It could be the same, it could be a, a saying that, Jesus, you didn't care. Jesus, why you bother to come now? It's late. My brother died already. Two days ago. If you weren't been here, Mary said, if you've been here, Jesus, my brother would have lived. It is a saying that Jesus was too late and, and she knew Jesus purposely staying two more days and where he was. And I don't know how Martha would have responded uh, when Jesus said, uh, 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 that Lazarus was rise from, from, from dead or will rise again. And, and one of the sisters said, you know, everybody will rise at the last day. She was saying, yeah, I know, but it's too late now for my brother. He said, no, 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 no. He's going to rise again. Mary said, no, 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 no. He's not going to rise now. Yeah, I know, you know, in the last day he's going to rise again. Because they said Jesus is too late. The Bible mentioned to us that Jesus loved them, and they loved Jesus very much. Since they sent message to Jesus, they were hoping and they had faith in Jesus to heal their brothers. And everybody was expecting that Jesus will heal this guy, but yet he died. At this point, the Bible said Jesus couldn't hold it any longer. His emotion ran high, and the Bible reported that Jesus was deeply troubled, and Jesus wept. Jesus did not only shed tears, he wept. You want to help me, Jethro? You don't want? Come, 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 help me. 
Alright. Just stay there, it's okay. Alright, you face the people. Uh, if you cry, can you give me an example crying? <laughs> try, try, try a bit. Okay. Can you help me weep? Um. You're crying, but how do you weep? Just an example. Okay, I'll help you. Go, go, go away. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give him a hand. So he cried, right? I'm crying. When you wept, <laughs> right, that's how you wept, right? You, you just pour out your heart, pour out your voice, and your tears run down. And there was nowhere else in the Bible recorded that Jesus wept the way he wept. Now, I want you to pay attention to a few details here. Number one, Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. He was somewhere else. Lazarus was somewhere else. Like many examples in the Bible, when somebody came to Jesus, Jesus, please heal my son. Jesus, please heal my daughter. Jesus, please heal my servant. There were few occasions, and Jesus said, go back because he's healed and she's healed. And the Bible said they went back, and then recognized, and they found out that, yeah, the person was healed. And they asked when he was healed, and said, oh, at this moment. And the guy said, ah, that's the moment that Jesus said he was healed, and he is going to heal, and he got healed. Couldn't Jesus do the same at this moment, said, Lazarus, be healed. Especially at the Bethany, there were people that want to kill Jesus, want to stone Jesus. There was a lot of risk. And that if he died alone, that's fine. But their disciples are going to go along with him. But if they get hurt, couldn't Jesus just say, Lazarus, be healed? Right. There's no problem for Jesus. Everybody said, no problem for Jesus. No problem for Jesus. So why then? Jesus went. Because Jesus had this special relationship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Let me go back to the story of the young lady. The young lady said, Pastor, I do not feel guilty whatsoever with God the way I live my life. I don't like God. God has his dark side. If God did not create Lucifer, if God did not create this, if God did not give people and human beings freedom to choose, then we will not suffer. And I will not suffer in this state. People tend to blame God and hold God responsible for all the evil in this world. But tend to forget to thank Him for all the blessings, all the good things that people experience. When people suffer, they, think, they, they tend to think God has made a mistake. They think that God should have not done the way He has done it. And people think that God did not do a good job. How many of you have experienced that you think, God, you did not do a good job? I did sometime. Until last Sunday, or once, you know, 
from time to time I have a good experience and good, you know, term with my wife. We spent a whole week together. Uh, we went to wedding together. We went to church together. We prayed for people together. We went for holiday together. You know, we in the upside down house together. We ate together. We had coffee together. It was a wonderful time, right? Especially if I don't have to drive and their driver provided for me, their car provided for me. You know, uh, it was a wonderful time. So, when I met with my childhood friend who happened to be a wife of a pastor at the church that invited me, so I was sitting together, I asked that pastor's wife, who were my childhood friend, I said, for the record in front of my wife, I said, for, you know, a couple of days too, we were like chatting and then, you know, joking. I said, for the record, I want to ask you the questions. We have never been dated, right, when we were childhood, when we were young. And then the lady said, the pastor wife said, no, 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 no. Yeah, I heard you dated this one, you dated this one, you dated this one. See, I told my wife, say, I told you, right? I will never date this girl, right? And then she said, yeah, I heard you dated this guy, this girl, and this girl, and this girl. You know, that is very natural because at that moment, at that time, in that city, in that church, there were not many boys. So that's why you were cut famous because there are no many options. And my wife laughed at me. See, no more options. You were the only few options, right? Don't be proud of yourself. So my wife now found out that, you know, even though I dated few girls because there were not many options for the girls. So what are the possible answers? Did God make a mistake? Is it true that he did a very poor job? Well, if you believe God is the creator like the lady did, she was living in sin, she was sick, she was disappointed with people, she was disappointed to God, but yet he wanted me to pray for her, she wanted me to pray for her, and she's still hoping that God will help her. But she questioned God. She blamed God. So what are the possibility? If we still believe in God, that God is the creator, what well, are possible four options? Number one, God creates nothing. God creates nothing. But the fact is that we are here. God created something. So go to the option number two. God created an immoral world where there is nothing right and wrong. You can do anything you want. There is no right and wrong. You can do whatever you want. That's how God created for human beings and the whole world. You can do whatever you want. You can chop up the head of the people. Nothing wrong with that. You can steal people's money. Nothing wrong with that. Would that a wonderful world? Well, if you're the one who chop up people's head, probably it's a wonderful world for you. But if your head gets chopped up, then probably it's not too wonderful for you. Right? It's like people said, they heard the story about God who, or, or, or I ran out of time, uh, Jesus who told the story about this shepherd who have 100 sheep. Right? And then Jesus said, you know the shepherd lost one sheep. And then this shepherd left the 99 sheep and then he went to look for this 
lost sheep. And everybody was like questioning, that is a very foolish shepherd, isn't it? You leave the 99, go for the one. What a foolish decision was it? Well, it is a very foolish decision until if you are the one, the sheep, they get lost. You will say, ah, Jesus, you are so kind. You left 99 just to look for me. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Well, you will say that. But if you are the 99 said, Jesus, we are the majority. Why you look for that one only? 99, this is bigger deal. So, it is okay for God to create an immoral world. There's no right and wrong. Well, of course, it's not all right because if you're the one get hurt, then you say, this is not all right. Of course, you are the one who hurt people. But you say, ah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, can, 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 can. Right. Well, there's a third possibility. The third possibility is that God creates world where we only choose what is good. You only choose what is good. You can only do good. You can only think good. You can only say good thing. You can only do good thing. You can only think good thing. Would you think it's a good world like that? Well, it's possible. But there are third option and third, a fourth possibility that God create a world with freedom to choose possible of good and evil. Why? Because this is the only one in which there is a possibility that love exists. Love is the craving of a human heart to belong in the sacredness of trust in relationship. And God has made this possible to our Lord Jesus Christ. So the answer back, why did Jesus have to go to Bethany? Why did Jesus have to, have to go there just to raise Lazarus from that? Why would Jesus was so troubled in his heart? Why did Jesus weep anyway in that circumstances? Because Jesus had relationship with these people and he loved them so much. And love can hurt us so much. And it did to God. And the Bible said that because God wants to show us His love towards us, that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die and redeem us from our sins, yet when we're still sinners. God loves us, it hurt Him. When we love God, at times it hurt us. When you love your spouse, sometimes it hurts you. When you love your children, sometimes it hurts you. Sometimes when you love your parents, sometimes it hurts you. It breaks your heart. If today, whoever the famous girls and ladies in the movie, 
Let's call it uh, Angelina Jolie. Is that her? Okay, let's, let's take her as an example. If today that she was just leave me and she doesn't care, doesn't pick up my phone and she doesn't you know, answer my messages, would it hurt me? No, it doesn't. Why? Because I don't have any relationship with her and she doesn't love me and I don't love her. So it doesn't matter what she does, what she says, what she does, what she, you know, she responds, it doesn't hurt me. But you have been calling my wife, I've been texting her, and she doesn't answer my questions, uh, my answer, uh, my call, and she doesn't respond to my messages. Then I'll start wondering why, why, why? Why we don't weep when people leave? Why we don't weep when people do bad things? Why we don't weep when people happen, bad things happen to people? Because we don't have relationship with them. We don't love them, they don't love us. Unless when you are in the movie, when they make this story so incredible, all the music, and then you get connected in a moment with the person in the movie, and then you feel his or her anger or pain, and then you start crying when something happened to her at the moment. Just for example like this, right? Probably you heard this story, you know, you hear these you know, sentences. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold, this is empty, this is numb. The life that I knew is over. The lights are out. Hello, darkness. I'm ready to succumb. I follow you around. I always have. But you've gone to a place I cannot find. This grip has a gravity it pulls me down, but a tiny voice whispers in my mind, you are lost, hope is gone, but you must go on. When I heard this thing, I almost cried. I didn't have any relationship with this girl. Some of you might, you know, if you went to the Frozen 2, you might know this thing. Because how come it sounds so familiar? Because it was sang by Anna in the Frozen 2. So this is dark. The life that I knew is over. I've been succumbed to this thing. This is a gravity that pulled me down. But I heard the whisper. A tiny voice in my mind that you are lost and hope is gone. But this same voice whispered to me, life must go on. And do the next right thing. I almost cried. Even though it was cartoon, <laughs> even though it was only pictures, but I was drawn momentary to this character. How painful it was, how sad it was, how you know, much suffering that she has to suffer because of the relationship momentarily, emotionally. So that's why sometimes you feel the pain. In your life, when you seems that God did not answer your prayer, when you don't understand why God God do or did what He has done. But here is the catch: the story of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. It gives us an example. Despite all the pain, sickness, and suffering that we have to go through, 
there's one thing never changed, that God always loves us and He never forsakes us.